Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we've made it through the first Grand Slam of the year. Australian Open 2024 is in the books. And man, Bryce, I think we got served up some really, really entertaining tennis this year, bro. What were your thoughts about the 2024 Australian Open? Well, the first thing is the people that won weren't nobody I picked. So, <laughs> right? I mean, that, I mean, it was a really good tournament. Some nice, surprising results, some um, very expected results. And um, I think things have kicked off extremely well for the 2024 season. I mean, I think there are a lot of storylines that were created at the Australian Open that are going to play through this year. A hundred percent agree with that. Lots of lots of really, really interesting things. My mind has gone on this crazy loop now as it relates to, you know, Novak and the Grand Slam tally. And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Going into this, I was like, Novak is going to be battling for the Golden Slam. Now I am of the mindset, will Djokovic actually win a slam? I mean, it has changed that dramatically in a two week period. And I know we'll talk about this more. We'll talk about this, of course, on our IG Live with everybody else. But mm-hmm. my mind is just all over the place at this point, bro. So many good storylines. I I totally agree with you. And then on the women, I mean, it's just going to be a battle on the women. I mean, you know, Coco, I think, is getting more comfortable with being at the top of the game. Sabalenka clearly ain't going nowhere. I, I did not think she was going to defend. Uh, Iga... That was an interesting situation. I thought she was going to do a little better, but uh, yeah, it's, and and let's not forget the moms because the moms are bringing a whole nother energy into the game right now. So it's it's crazy, man. It's like you said, man, storyline after storyline, you've got those three, you've got Will Rybakina, you know, uh, rebound. Because remember, she won that tournament and and stole on on, uh, Sabalenka in that final didn't give up but like three games so it's like nice. okay is she gonna rebound and like you said the moms all the moms and them doing their things heart of course was broken because of you know Svitolina not being able to see it see it through just like i said storylines good lord we have got we are in for some good tennis in 2024 on both sides of the coin we really are so let's do this let's go ahead and dive into the second week of the australian open Yes. And Isaac, let's go ahead. Let's start with the women because I, I got some <laughs> words for these men. Um, <laughs> so starting with the women. Yeah. Now, in terms of the predictions that we had made, how did you fare? Uh, well, horrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's call it what it is. Um, what I will say, though, is, again, I think both of us had the correct bottom half semifinal. Boom. We had that in Sabalenka and Coco Golf. Um, we did. That, that was about the only thing that was normal on the women's side of the draw, folks. Let's just be clear about that. Um, you and I, of course, both had picked Coco to make it to the Australian Open uh, final. And we just got to spend some time here, bruh, because Sabalenka showed me something that I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready because I didn't yeah. think that she had – that level of fortitude in her because she had to fight because the exact same thing that happened at the U.S. Open was happening at the Australian Open semifinal. She got up on the lead. Coco was like, wait a minute. 
where you going? <laughs> let me let me put my cocoa in gear. And right. Coco got back on her. She got that break to serve mm -hmm. it at 6-5. And at that point, I was like, Coco going to win this set, and that's going to be it. She's going to run away with this match. Because my in my eyes, Sabalenka was going to basically break at that point. Mm -hmm. Sabalenka then comes back and like, no, nah, sis. Uh-uh. We're not following right. the same train. And broke right. her back and then proceeded to just go off in the tiebreaker, Bryce. Bryce she talk did. to me. Talk to me about what just that particular particular segment of that match. Incredible. Well, I'm gonna take it maybe someplace else. Okay. And that okay. is, I think with Coco and maybe even more so with Sabalenka. Yeah. When Ego went out, it became a different situation, right? Right. Because. Even if, no matter who won between Coco and Sabalenka, if your prize after that was to go against Iga, it's still like, wow, that's a pretty big mountain to climb. Right. With knowing that you're going to be going up against, because did, I can't remember who played first. Did they already know they were playing uh, Queenie? Or? Uh, no. No, they, they didn't. But either, but either way, they knew it was Queenie or Yastrzemska. Correct. Uh, no disrespect to either lady, but would not put them in the Coco Sabalenka tier. Although, you know, your strengths are got, she had actually that big head to head against um, Sabalenka. In fact, I think it was something silly like 4 0 or 4 1 or something crazy. Like I think that. I did see that, I which was shocking to me. Yeah. And, and the only thing that I thought might would make the difference would be how would your Strimska be in her first major final? Right. Right. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think Sabalenka stepped it up and she has shown us over the last year, year and a half that she's done a better job in those pressure situations. Uh, I will say that Coco and she did, she played pretty well and she's been playing amazing over the last, what, couple of months or whatever. But I think her serve let her down. Yeah. And I think, as always, that forehand was an opportunity area. Yep. Not, not saying that that's solely the reason why she lost, because Sabalenka had a lot to do with that. But she still has those spots in her game where an opponent in a tight moment feels very comfortable in going to. Right, right. And and I and honestly, Bryce, I was putting a lot of thought into this. And I honestly feel like in the Coco Golf camp, I honestly feel like that's purposeful. And here's why. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they specifically said they did not work on the forehand at all right. during the offseason. Right. What they worked on was the serve. They went and got Andy Roddick and they helped with the whole toss thing. So mm -hmm. I did see, and it was actually evident that she got more pace on her serves based on, right. you know, that new motion and everything. So I think that worked out well. But like you said, pressure moments are very different. Mm -hmm. And that's where, unfortunately, it showed up. And against, again, I'd say 95, 97% of the WTA tour, Coco's not going to have any issues there. But she was going right. against Sabalenka. Sabalenka. And that was, to me, the difference. If you're going against a Sabalenka, if you're going against a Iga, you got to be perfect if you're if you're Coco Golf. You can't mm -hmm. you can't have any 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 really major gaps. And unfortunately, right. she did. And mm -hmm. and again, just going back to what I was saying, I don't. 
think that that's a bad move by her team only because 2024, if we really think about it, 2024 is a big year. It's an Olympic year. We've got all this stuff. She's coming off of her first Grand Slam title. So you want to be able to show up. So you don't want to mess with that game too much because if you mess with it too much, then she's going to really plummet. And then everybody's going to be like, what the hell is going on, Brad Gibbard? Why are you messing messing up our our, our future star? I honestly feel like they're trying to work on the little things right now Uh and get us through 2024. Let's see how Coco performs at the French, at the Olympics, at Wimbledon since she lost the first round. And I think once that kind of gets over, if you will, I think at that point, that's when they're going to really start working on the forehand. Because like you said, it's evident that that is an area that you attack for for Coco Golf. But I don't think right now is the time for them to really mess with it because of the importance of the year that we're in. What are your thoughts, bro? Well, and I'm going to flip it again and say, (laughs) but once again, this showed the difference in the growth in Sabalika. Because if there's ever a time that you expect for Sabalenka to kind of go away into those pressure moments. Right. And she didn't. And even if Coco was expecting for that to happen, that was the surprise right. that she did not go away. And so she truly earned her way into the finals and is the reason why I thought she was going to absolutely drive whoever she played in the final. Because it's just like one of these like, I'm not going to get to the final. I'm not going to beat. Keep, not, look, Iga is not going to get upset, me beat Coco, and then I'm going to go out here and lose to, to Queenie. Right. We, we applaud you for the improvements in your game mm-hmm. and for getting Newcomer of the Year for Brothers on Tennis, but that ain't going to save you. That ain't going to save you. It ain't going to save you <laughs> from the strength that I'm about to bring. Oh, and, did, and did she bring that strength, bro? I she mean, two did. and three. Coco was the only match that Sabalenka had that was of any contest. Mm-hmm. Any contest, she right. blew past everybody. She was like, "Look, y'all, I, I'm not trying to play with y'all this year. We're not doing that." Right. No. And and back to what we were saying, or what I was saying earlier, neither one of us thought that she was going to uh, defend this title. Right. Didn't and they? she did. And so it's going to be very interesting to see once again, like last year, if she's able to parlay this victory into her results for the rest of the year. I honestly believe Bryce that she will. And I, as crazy as it sounds, (laughs) eager, eager better watch out when it comes to the French open, because Mm. I really believe that Sabalenka is going to go on one. I really believe so. Cause I think, like I said, bro, that match showed me a lot about arena Sabalenka. And it showed me that she's ready to be, a full-time champion and she's ready to be like i'm the main hbic don't get it twisted <laughs> i really believe that because you know she's crazy she's goofy she's funny right i really believe that that is her mentality right now it's like yeah that's that's my title that's gonna be my title and she's right. gonna have to battle for it because Iga is like nah sis this gonna be good bryce oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be really good. in there too and then you got rebecca that the, uh, y'all WTA tennis is good right now. <laughs> it's good. Well, and let's talk for a few minutes about the other side of the draw. I mean, yes. here were two people. Look, nobody was predicting that the top half of the draw, the semifinals, would be Yastrzemska, you know, versus Queen. Mm-hmm. And 
maybe you would have thought Queenie had a slight opportunity based upon how she's been playing the last year. But your stretch got once again. I thought she was out there on that boat with Terrence Trent, J.R.B. and Crystal Waters and, you know, MC Hammer. I didn't know where she was at. And she came back, and she came back strong. A semifinal finish in the first major of the year? Crazy, Bryce. Crazy. She was playing lights-out tennis. And it's funny because the way I was looking at Yaskrimska was very similar to how how I used to kind of look at Caroline Garcia. When she's on, she can beat just about anybody because she's going to just go for everything. And that's Mm -hmm. what Yastrzemska was doing. She was just like, I ain't got nothing to lose. Why not? And she just was flat out laying folks out. And I was so impressed with that young lady. I mean, with everything Mm -hmm. that she's been through with the war and they, you know, they told all the stories about her having to, you know, her sister and had to, you know, basically flee. Um, to get through all of that and be at this point where you get through not only qualies, three matches, yep. but then you get up in the draw and you make it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Yashrimska was not trying to play around. And what's cool is I looked at her coaching box. It looks mm-hmm. like she has a coach that really, really believes in her. Because oh, yeah. it, it just looked like there was a sincerity there. He's very intense, mm-hmm. which I liked to see. But he also looked like he was really in it with her. And I think that that's what she needed. And you know what? When we've interviewed her a couple of times, and she's really a pretty cool lady, you know. Uh, So was very excited for her. Across from her, was very excited for Queenie because, you know, Queenie done gone through it recently. You know, got got hot dropped by her coach uh, as he was was high-tailing it back to Osaka. Right. You know, and, you know, but she she got... uh, uh, Pararibo, Pararibo. who, you know, was hot off of uh, Coco's camp. And I like that it, she ain't lost no momentum in her stride through Correct. any of this. And If anything, she didn't picked up momentum. Right. And there's a, and no shade to, to, shop, to I'm about to say Shabalanka, like she's Shabaranks, uh, to Sabalanka. Uh, but for me, I partially wanted Queenie to win for that reason. Mm, okay. You know, okay. I wanted her to be like, you know, the, yeah, you the, whole Angela, the whole Angela Bassett walking away on waiting to exhale, blowing stuff up. Like, yeah, people trying to walk away from me, but here yeah, I'm blowing stuff up. <laughs> but I still think even making it to the finals is Absolutely. a statement enough, you know? Oh, yeah. She, she's definitely sending out some signals to Will Fassett. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. You, you, you see where you were after the first round of this tournament. Right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Right, right. So, and look, she's in the top ten now, which is amazing. amazing. Uh, so, and you did know. you see the fact that Lee Na, who was also you know a champion there, former champion, greeted her for the first time? That had to have been just so you know such a motivational thing, because we love Lee Na and her crazy yeah. self. So it was awesome. I know all Lee Na needed to do was bring Payne Slay with her, and then <laughs> we could have wrapped everything up. But uh, I guess that wasn't what happened. Anyway, so shout out to the unexpected, you know, Yastrzemska and to uh, Queenie. Yeah. Uh, but the eventual champion, Sabalenka, you got to love it, right? Got got to love it, bro. I'm just so happy for her, man. Just, yeah, yeah. Like I said, watch out for Big Sab. Watch out. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, before we talk to the men, we're going to 
take a little bit of a break here and we'll be right back. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> I love it. So, Isaac. Oh, Bryce. The craziness of the ATP tour. I mean, it, I mean at least it, their website up, but you know. Well, you know what? I'm getting mad at their website, though, because they don't have the PDFs available anymore. And I don't know what's going on with the that. ATP That's doesn't? The ATP does not. They done. They done redone the the website, what? and now the PDFs that I typically am easily able to get, I'm not mm -hmm. getting them anymore. So ATP, I don't know what you're doing, but fix fix your stuff. Fix <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh man, maybe we can get the uh, what? Who are they? The um, um, is it the uh, PTPA? Is yeah, that, uh, that's right. PTPA. Maybe, maybe we can we can add this to their list of. Uh, accomplishments that they're going they I'm want to tell you man something because it's sad that I had to actually I could get the ladies draw uh PDFs off of the WTA site but I had to actually go to Australian Open the actual main site to get the men's PDFs right come on fellas with that said though Bryce how ridiculous <laughs> how ridiculous where the semi the court that's a well first and foremost I'm I'm already gonna give myself an early shout out I actually had a perfect quarterfinal and semifinal uh, prediction every wow. single one every single one of my predictions for the quarters and the semis was correct. Wow, because I did not. <laughs> um, I mean, I would. Because I wasn't believing in Fritz. <laughs> right, right. I wasn't believing in Rublev. Not over Demonior. I thought the way Demonior was playing, I thought yeah. he was going to come through. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Okay, I had Alcaraz Zverev. Yes. Um, and I had, uh, well, yeah, the other one I just had Djokovic and I just had Medvedev. Mm -hmm. But if we push it forward to the semifinals, uh, apparently we both had Djokovic center. Yes, we did. Um, and but this is where we differ. Yeah. Because I had selected Alcaraz over Zverev. Correct. And uh, Zverev was like, "Ooh, I'm feeling like it's 2019 again." You know. Right. My shoulders are feeling kind of loose. Right. <laughs> and, and and Bryce, let's let's because we need to stick on a couple points as we okay. progress. Okay. Right. So we so first point is we need to talk about Carlos Alcaraz. Now listen. Right. You know, we love Carlos Alvarez. He right. is our guy. Love everything that he represents. Right. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Carlos Alvarez is going to have to figure out how to play lockdown tennis. He mm -hmm. does not have that. Mm -hmm. if, if, if there is anything that he can learn from Yannick Sinner, mm -hmm. figure out how to play lockdown tennis. At certain points in the match, he mm -hmm. had the momentum, mm -hmm. but then he starts going after all these shots that he didn't need to go for. Mm -hmm. And if you play lockdown tennis, he would have been okay. But right. Zverev, it just he made bad mistakes at the wrong moments because again, mm -hmm. Zverev came out smoking, just yeah. like on fire. But yeah. Carlos had an opportunity to get back in that back in that match in that third set, and had he won that third set, he, in my opinion, would have won that match but he didn't play lockdown tennis during those important points that he needed to. And he allowed, allowed Zverev to slip through. He did win the third set, didn't he? 
Oh, I'm sorry. He did with wait, yeah, because it was it went four, right? Four, right. Yeah. Okay, my bad, my yeah, bad. So yeah. it, it it was that force. It, it it just was something I was like, just just lock it down. Don't don't go mm-hmm. for all of that. He's tired at this point. Just lock it down. And he just right. and 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 this is where you know you get the Alcarez that's very much like the Tiafo. He wants to entertain, he's got that guy Elmo Fis in right. him, which we love, which we absolutely right. love. But there are times when you've got to focus on get that W so that you can mm-hmm. get that Grand Slam championship. And that to me was a little something that I saw uh, in him. I don't know if you saw that or not or what, but for me, I just feel like he had an opportunity to take out Zverev and, and he missed it because he didn't lock down. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that that's kind of always going to be a certain element of his playing style, because I think that's him. Um, you know, uh, and so I get what you're saying. Like if he could like get rid of that and be just fully focused, but I don't know that he would be the same player then either. Uh, It's the balance is basically, I agree with you. I don't want Carlos to change who Carlos is, but there he has to recognize because I feel like Federer did this as well. Cause remember Federer was always about, you know, mm. just looking good, aesthetics, all that fun stuff. But Leighton Hewitt was always a bonus until he learned how to play lockdown tennis. And once he learned right. how to play lockdown tennis and handle up on Leighton Hewitt, then everything just broke open. And Federer started right. dominating, what was it, 2003 through 2006. So that's mm. the little thing is I don't want Carlos mm-hmm. to change who he is, but he's got to have that self-awareness of when you go into lockdown mode. I think is what I'm trying to put out. No, no, and I, I definitely get that. I do. I definitely see that as well. Um, but I'm going to give you the flip side of that, too. Yeah. Yes. Which is, I think that may have been the best match I've ever seen Zverev play. That's true. I mean, I mean, who serves in the 80 percentile for serves with a serve like he has? I mean, right. I honestly think Zverev would have beaten anybody he had played that day, including that Djokovic, is. including Center. I mean, all of them. That's that it. was the best match I've ever seen that dude play. Um, and yes, you know, Alcarez. Um, so, I, so I didn't feel quite as bad with Alcarez's loss because my thing is, Zverev to win that match had to play like literally the best match of his life. Right. Which he, you know, <laughs> which I felt bad for him because, you know, he had Medvedev waiting for him. And granted, he did a good job by winning those first two sets, but he's lately he's been Medvedev's pitcher, you know, yeah. just simply correct. And 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 so uh, you know that that was not going to be good for him. But he may have given aid to center by making Medvedev play five sets. Well, and, and I think that the, it's a cascading effect, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Alcaraz kind of didn't play like he needed to play to win the Zverev match. But again, right. like we said, Zverev played lights out tennis. I feel that Zverev definitely had an opportunity to take that Medvedev match, but it got mental. That third set yeah. got mental. And yeah. Medvedev yeah. was like, okay, I'm just going, I'm just going to bide my time because you know what? I know you, I know you, <laughs> I know you. Remember that whole, the Netflix, mm-hmm. I know you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I, right. And all he did was he stuck around and he was like, mm-hmm. I'm gaining mm-hmm. momentum. And as Sasha was doing this, Medvedev was doing this. And he was like, bruh, get off my court. <laughs> well, speaking of this and this, you saw how Zerf said that, you know, his diabetes 
that started to kick in. And so uh, Medvedev was like, I know you. Your sugar's gonna cook. Your your sugar's gonna kick in. You know, I just need to hang around for a little bit. I need to hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, Bryce Medvedev. To me, that was amazing how he was able to dig out of that match because I thought he was done. I was just like, wow, Sasha's actually gonna get one on him and get to a final. And Medvedev was like, no, 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 sir, not we not no, don't give up on me yet. Right. Right. So, no, yeah. So, Medvedev did how Medvedev does and got his butt to another Australian Open final. But I need to hear you talk about <laughs> the reason why a whole bunch of people went to sleep real good that next night <laughs> is how Center just put them things on Djokovic. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, I squeaked out this victory. It was like, bitch, got my corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, Bryce, right? I, I don't even have words. I mean, okay, here, uh, Djokovic, Djokovic admittedly said, I played a horrible first couple sets. And honestly, he did because yeah. a lot of the shots that Djokovic typically makes, he was missing. And it's it was like, what? What? And you wonder, it's like, okay, did the wins that Sinner had, you know, actually get get into his mental a little bit? Because right. Sinner came out there and he was like, oh, this is just an extension of, of of the, you know, of what we did last last uh, last year. Right. And I think to to his credit, Djokovic's credit, he rebounded and he, you know, fought back and got through that third set. But this is where I am just like, Yannick Sinner, you my dude. He was like. I'm not done with you. <laughs> you make you can have that third set. Yeah. But exactly. Come come on back. <laughs> Cause I got more and I'm ready. And to right. me, Bryce, similar to how we were talking about Sabalenka from a mental mm-hmm. perspective, I was like, Yannick Center, I was like, well, I ain't calling you Salty Center anymore because you have earned my respect, sir. He has my respect. That's Go what ahead. I was gonna say to you. He has I don't know if you remember, I, I think we were on IG Live fairly recently and we were asked, like, did we think Center was going to win a major this year? And we were like, well, maybe not this year, but maybe the year after, right? Right. Look, Center might be like, I'm looking at the Golden Slam. <laughs> Quietly. You know, because, and, and that's another thing, too, I, I was happy about. I ain't got to hear Djokovic talk about winning this Golden Slam not one day this year. <laughs> Not at all. My friend, let it pass, let it go. It's, it's gone. gone. It's gone. Yeah. So, um, so I I was super like blown away by how well he played, and people were saying, "Yeah, Center's beaten Djokovic, but it's been out of best of three. You know, we know how Djokovic is in best of five. Center was like, "We ain't gonna get to five. <laughs> We're not gonna get there. No. Why?" No, I mean, he had a little extra energy because he, he spent the first two sets in the bakery, you know, <laughs> and so he was able to sneak out that third, but I was right there waiting. Waiting. What did uh-huh. Jody say? I'm still waiting. <laughs> you, you know, he was sitting there waiting for him to come back. Come back. And boy, did he. I, again, Bryce, amazing tennis. 
that he yep. played against Djokovic. That and and like I said, that was the semi. So that you have semi. all that good tennis getting there. Yes. I mean, and you know, and again, like we were talking about before, shout out to Rublev for being able to take out Demon. You know, he yeah. played a good match, you know, and mm-hmm. he had Hubie that was trying to play some good tennis. We really were entertained this Australian. Right. Game, right? Really right. were. And, you know, and let's let's shout out Medvedev one more time because he's had historically issues with Hubie. Right. Right. And so he was able to get the job done. And fast forward to the finals, those first two sets, I was like, Djokovic is not, I mean, not Djokovic, who? Center. <laughs> no. Medvedev. Oh, oh, you're not playing yeah. in the oh, finals. Yep. Medvedev came out there and hidden out his shoes. Bryce, and this is yet again why we love. Daniil Medvedev. Daniil Medvedev is is such an intelligent player. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm gonna give I'm everybody I'm playing. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you nuance. I'm giving you something different. Don't be expecting right. to get what you got from me because I'm gonna bring something right. new. And that's right. what he did with Center. He was like, okay, you hit you think you hit the ball hard. Guess what? I'm gonna play right. your game. I'm gonna come right. out and I'm gonna play lights out to Bryce. He and I didn't check the stats or anything. Right. He, in my opinion was hitting the ball bigger and oh, yeah. better than Yannick Sinner during those first two sets. It was re- it was remarkable. I have never seen, <clears throat> bless you, I have never <throat> seen Daniil Medvedev play that style of tennis and play it that well. Bryce, on a normal day, if he had all his energy, that would have been a straight sets match. He would have been Grand Slam champion. It would have been done. It would have been done. Been done. But, do you, but do you know And I think he must have known. He was like, I can't be out here all day. And so, you know what I'm saying? After that, when um, Center was able to pull out that third set. It was, I mean, that was it. All right. Hello. Hey. Once again, folks, sorry. You know, always (laughs) something. But exactly, Bryce. I mean, he just played lights out ridiculous tennis and and so so you give the kudos to medvedev but then mm-hmm. on the flip side you also then have to come back and give yannick sinner just the highest level of props because he weathered that storm and he was like yeah. you are doing it to me yes but how long can you can you do it three complete sets because i'm gonna yeah. be here and my legs are good <laughs> I, I have been on court six plus hours less than you have. Mm-hmm. Can you do it for three straight sets? And unfortunately for Daniil Medvedev, he just could not get it over he the finish not. line in that third set. And that's when Yannick Sinner was like, lockdown mode. And he just yep. started locking in, playing big ball, playing to the open open courts, making Daniil run, 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 run. And as, right. as great of an athlete as Daniil Medvedev is, you mm-hmm. just – it catches up to you. And it finally right. did, unfortunately for him. I, I was so impressed. Like I said, Bryce, I just, my mind was blown with this Australian Open, with how much just 
just respect that I gained right. for so many right. different players. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. This was an incredible Grand Slam, bro. Incredible. Well, it was it was a Grand Slam that really set the 2024 year up on a platter. Yes. Like I stated in the beginning, so many storylines, so many players to watch um, here. Uh, and, and center, I mean, now Grand Slam champion, you know, right? someone you've got. And, and it's so funny because I didn't even think about it until you said it. But Djokovic could go over because, especially if Nadal, Nadal comes in and does his thing at Roland Garros, there are a couple of people that can win Wimbledon. Carlos yeah. Alcaraz, Hubie Hercotch. I mean, uh, Berrettini, if he's healthy. I mean, there are some guys that if they are getting themselves right right now, they will mess with Djokovic at Wimbledon. Don't get it twisted. That is not a far gone conclusion. Center. And center, exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you know, he ain't going to win that in, at the Olympics. And then the U.S. Open, that's always the free for all. Exactly. And, and, I, and I have a feeling, and maybe my original prediction was right, that the second major that Daniil is going to get is going to be the U.S. Open this year. I think, I uh, think so. I, and, and especially after this. Now, granted, part of him can't feel too bad because, you know, it all makes sense how things went down in that final, right? Right. right. But I think Medvedev is going to go into the U.S. Open like, okay, I need, I, yeah, let, let me go ahead and get this number two. Uh, exactly. And the U.S. Open is the best place to do it. So, yeah, had never thought about it before, but Djokovic could go over. Isn't that crazy, Bryce? Because literally, before the tournament, I was of the mindset, this dude is going to going to get the calendar slam, that he is literally, legitimately going to get it. Not, not right. possible. He's going to get it. And right. after seeing the tennis I saw, Right. There's been, like I said, some guys have raised their game. They have raised their level, and I am loving every drip drop of it. Well, the funny thing is, and I can't remember who said it. Ah, it was a legend. It was it was a tennis legend who said it, but they really encouraged Nadal to go after Djokovic. And you know what? If Nadal comes back and wins the French, that puts him at what? 23? 23. You know, and if if Djokovic starts going offers, and Nadal come back around and win the French again next year, he gonna be like, make room. Who Djokovic? There's a couple of us over here at twenty four. What? Yeah, I, I, I I do not disagree with you, but I tell you what though, uh-huh. as much as we love Nadal, Nadal better make sure he right when he come back because, like I said, these youngsters are not trying to play right now. Bro. They're not playing. His countrymen is going to be fighting him for that French Open, and do not get it twisted. Sasha Zverev played some outstanding tennis before he hurt his ankle against Rafael Nadal he at sure the did. French Open. So he sure did. Honestly, bro, I'm I'm my mind is so blown, and I'm loving it so much. Yeah. I just feel like there's so much, like you said, there's so many storylines, so much going on into these next Grand Slams. I, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Now, not that I want to really expand this conversation, but I'm going to just stick this pin in it. We will have to come back and talk about the American man again. No, we won't talk about it on this episode. But when I'm looking at all the, what I consider True contenders? I'm not really seeing any Americans 
in that picture. Ben Shelton may be at Wimbledon if his game with that surface, you know, matches up the way we think it should. Mm-hmm. But Can that's I mean, really about it. And like you said, we'll go into it on another episode. But here's what I will say. I was very impressed with Taylor Fritz. I feel like Taylor Fritz, because if you watch that match that he played against Mm -hmm. Sissy Pass, I never really thought Taylor's backhand was a weapon. Taylor Mm -hmm. worked on that backhand. Taylor was hitting some down the line shots. And I was like, when did he get that? Where did that come from? Taylor Fritz is still like, y'all gonna have to battle if you want this number one American position. I ain't gonna give it to you. We need to get his coach, Michael Russell, on here and uh, update us on what's going on with Taylor. We got to talk to Mighty Mike. Mighty Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Isaac, you know, we've spent a lot of time on the singles, but yeah. we've got to show some love yes. to the doubles. And, yes. you know, let's just um, let's just start with the men's doubles. Right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm excited. <laughs> Because my favorite doubles player in the world, Matthew Ebden, and mm-hmm. uh, his partner, Bopana. Yes. They won it all. And also, I think they said Bopana uh, is the oldest number one in doubles in history. history 43 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, shout and out never to won him. a Grand Slam. Wow. His first Look. Grand Slam and number one. Come on now. Ebden Bopana. You know we love y'all. Congratulations. And shout out to the Italians. Bolelli and uh, Vassori. Vassori. I mean, Vassori. <laughs> shout out to y'all for repping with your countryman center, you know, Italy up in the house in, in Melbourne. That's right. Uh, but but uh, Ebden and Bapana, congratulations on the men's doubles title. Excellent. Now, Isaac, you want to talk to us about what some women were doing? Come out on there. now! <laughs> oh Think my about favorite, your girl. favorite, favorite, favorite doubles player in the entire world, Shea Sway, Pop yeah. Collins, Pop, Pop, Pop. Yes. Because I got to have it going on like that. Chase Wade was right. like, you know what, y'all? I think I'm going to retire after this. And what does she do? She comes in and not only wins the mixed doubles, but she takes the women's doubles title, too. She said, no, one is not good enough, sir. How about two? How about two, Bryce? Can I get two? Mm. I, I love Chase Wade. I love her creativity. I love yep. her game. I love the simplicity of it. The simplicity of it. I just love every aspect of Chase Way. And I'm sorry, I, I will never ever say anything bad about her because she is awesome. <laughs> and you shouldn't. I mean, and the fact that she basically only plays the majors, it seems like, and she comes and she just takes the titles. And she wins. With, with, with whoever she's playing with. It don't matter. It don't matter. You know? It don't matter. She, look, she walked through the locker room like, who need a win? <laughs> who need a win? Because I got you. I got you. Who what? need a win? What? Come on now. <laughs> if Taylor Jones yes. had any, if she had had any good sense, when she came back, she should. That's who she should have snagged. <laughs> I tell you what, though, one quick thing on Taylor, though, I think she might, she might do a little something, something this year. I mean, not anything spectacular, but I do like her form. I saw her in the warm up tournament. She's looking mm-hmm. pretty good. So hopefully, hopefully, Tay Tay will have a good year. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> So, (laughs) uh, well, man, we are not going to drag this out. 
Uh, we're coming up on 40 minutes here, and we've got to go to our first Instagram Live of the year. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to chatting with the peeps. But we're here, you guys. We're back. It's 2024. We had a great start to the year. Looking forward to bringing you tennis in our very unique way uh, for this year. Isaac, any final thoughts from you? No, I'm just I'm just over the moon with how 2024 has kicked off. And y'all, we are in for a fantastic year. So hang with us, brothers on tennis. We will bring it to you the right way. You heard it from the man. So without further ado, we're going to get out of here. On behalf of the podcast, this has been your boy Bryce. And this is your boy Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everybody, be well.